Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Sub-Zero to my Scorpion. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I am perceived to be your ally, but in fact, I'm your mortal enemy. This seems appropriate. And our very own Lord Goro. That's right. It's Eric Gronovec. Eric, how you feeling today? Uh, you know, I like to intimidate people and ultimately just be a throwaway character, so it fits. And also, you're the tallest on the podcast. Also, I'd yeah. prefer you call me Prince Grogu, like I was telling also, you. Also, you have forearms. I don't know who Prince Grogu is. It's uh, an amalgamation of, of the Mortal Kombat character and the little cute guy from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Grogu. Okay. So, uh, no no, uh, no real Seahawks news this week, but we we have um, one thing happening, which is the, the draft starts Thursday. Uh, and and uh, for those of you in the yeah, Discord, no, we'll be streaming. We'll be streaming it on the Discord. We'll be watching uh, even Thursday. We'll be, we'll be making fun of and dunking on San Francisco as they pick Mac Jones third overall. So we'll be uh, we'll be there, ready to do that. In the meantime, today we're gonna do two more mock drafts. And and the, here's the thing about these mock drafts, okay? Is that last time we did them all with uh, the the draft, uh, not the draft network, the draft football. What was the, what's the website we used called? I don't know. Um, we used it's called. Um, this is this is like uh, one of those things where your brain just turns off and you have completely nothing. <laughs> anyway, we used a football network. I don't know. We used a di- we used the same one both times. It's like the best one. I have it pinned in the Discord, but I don't want to click on the Discord right now while I'm trying to podcast. So, anyway, whatever. We used the same one for both. This time we're going to use two different. Uh, mock draft simulators and we're going to see what comes up we're going to do once again the same like we did last week one with no trades and one with lots of trades and so what i did is i kind of played with these draft simulators and i figured out which one would be better for the no trade draft and which one would be better for the uh the all the trades draft <laughs> and so we're going to use the draft network's mock draft machine for the no trades draft because the draft network's trade calculator is broken yep um, oh, and it's Pro Football Network, by the way. I fi- I figured it out only after I had completely given up on. <laughs> like all true knowledge that one needs, you only find it after it was most useful to you. Pro Pro Football Network, yeah. So so we're gonna use the Draft Network for uh, for that. Nathan's mock. preferred. I hate that one. But and that's then cool. we're and then we're going to use for our trades mock. We're going to use the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator uh, because they do actually offer trades that are mildly reasonable and. Uh, so here we go. We're going to play as the Seahawks in the Draft Network's mock draft machine. We're going to do fast. We're going to do automa- uh, manual. Sorry, we're going to do seven rounds. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Born ready. All right, here we go. So uh, the 49ers in this draft selected Justin Fields. How would you feel if that happened, Kevin? Would, you be, would you be okay with that, or would you be mildly disappointed? If I would be very sad because they picked the best one. They picked the actual best one. That I don't mind the Trey Lance thing if their plan is just to kind of uh, start, uh, do run Jimmy G back one last time, and then. Uh, My secret favorite is if they pick Mac Jones, how PFF will scramble to suddenly say that was a good choice. <laughs> All right, Kevin. So, <laughs> looking at the draft board here, I would say there's a clear uh, guy that we know the Seahawks are interested in. They've already visited with him. He fits a lot of the measurables, and he seems to have fallen quite far. I don't know if it's because of uh, the Draft Network's predictive board, but Asante Samuel Jr. is available. Cornerback out of Florida State at 60. Seems like a great fit on multiple levels. Let's look at what other corners are there. we got Elijah Molden, Ifiatu Melifonwu, 
Um, so those are both guys that we could we could go with here. And uh, remember, this is our no trades draft. Uh, wide receiver, we got Deami Brown, guy I know Kevin is uh, pretty excited about, and uh, Tylen Wallace and Amon Ross St. Brown. A couple more like that. Uh, at edge, we could pick up Ronnie Perkins at Oklahoma or Gregory Rousseau at Miami, which I think are both pretty reasonable players at this point in the draft. Joseph Osai too, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, an interior defensive line. Davion Nixon's the best guy, which I think would be a little bit of a reach at 56. But he's not ter- it wouldn't be terrible. Uh, and then an interior offensive line, we got Quinn Meniers and Ben Cleveland, who also I think are pretty reasonable picks at 56. So lots of options here, guys. These are all people we've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, is anybody, which one sticks out to you guys? Eric, I'll start with you since you uh, probably have the... Uh, uh, let's just say uh, I have the hot shall- take the, sh- the shallow- shallowest lake. I don't know. Yeah, you're the hot takeiest. There yes, I I I am choosing from the pond that my parents Nathan and Kevin take me to every time this year, and and I just point to what we've talked about a lot. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr. It's uh like you said, it's a player the Seahawks have been looking at. It's a cornerback which is desperately needed. If this actually happened, I think we would actually pick here. So this is my pick. All right, Kevin, do you agree with Asante Samuel, or is there someone else that you think you like a lot better? Asante Samuel is really interesting to me because his measurables are not at all what the team typically looks for. This is a guy who's very much like a DJ Reed-sized player, but he's an excellent corner, and I think he could play way above this draft position. I would like to see either him or Joseph Osai. Yeah, and what, um, at his pro day, what did his ar- what did his arms measure? Because that's really like what we gotta look at. Because one thing I noticed about the DJ Reed thing is, yes, he's shorter and and less. He has less weight than normally a Seahawks prospect would, but he still had uh, the the thirty one and a half inch arms, right? Right. Whereas Sante so, Samuel is only a little over thirty. He's like thirty and a thirty and an eighth. Something mm. like that. But they at did five ten, and they did interview him though, right? That that is uh, that's something I've seen on the websites where they track who's who's doing a meeting with who. The Seahawks have done an interview with Asante Samuel, so interesting. We could take Melifonwu. That's like the the trendy pick. Let's take Asante Samuel and see what happens. Here we go. Um, so now we have to wait quite a while. Seahawks don't have a third round pick either, so we get to watch everyone we would want to pick come off the board. And just feel sad at this point, picking a cornerback, the Seahawks are entering the draft kind of with no real, I, I know cornerback seems like a huge need. I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but there's no real like must draft position, right? They have the opportunity to take kind of the best player on their board, regardless of what they think about the, the, um, the position. So that's kind of an advantage that they've put uh, with the position they put themselves in. Yeah, I would agree with that. I have a hard time believing that we're even going to pick this early, which is extremely late. Okay, so we're at 129 (laughs) now in round four. We got some wide receivers, Frank Darby, Seth Williams, Des Fitzpatrick, Cade Johnson, Shai Smith, uh, Simi Fajoko. These are all guys that we've talked about before. Some interesting guys there for us to look at. Some edges. Uh, Deo Ode. I'm going to mess this up. Odingbo. Odingbo, okay. Or Odingbo. I've heard both. Uh, um, he's, He's a pretty solid, like, uh, fringe prospect Shaka Tony's a guy too, like fringe prospect. Uh, both both guys have pro- problems. Uh, running backs Kylan Hill, Chuba Hubbard, uh, which is a, I think a pretty interesting running back. But I think everyone would kill us if we took running back here, so maybe we should avoid that. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Interior offensive line we got Aaron Banks, Kendrick Green, David Moore, uh, Drew Dahlman. Some interesting names. Actually, lots of interesting off- interior offensive line guys here. All four Agreed. of those guys. Um, I think that's I think that seems like a good spot, don't you guys think? Interior offensive line looks pretty solid yes. right here. Okay, I feel it's so, a very Seahawks thing to take a running back, but I would like to 
taken into your offensive lineman. Okay, so we got Banks, Aaron Banks out of Notre Dame, Kendrick Green out of Illinois, David Moore out of Grambling, and Drew Dahlman out of Stanford. Kevin, if you had to pick two to narrow it down from four to two, who which two should we be looking at closest? Uh, I'd say probably Drew Dahlman and Kendrick Green. They're the both who have they're the two that have the best ability to play center out of that group. And Kendrick Green has some center guard versatility. Yeah, and uh, Drew, Drew Dahlman uh, and Kendrick Green both kind of hit most of the pre-draft measurables. Dahlman has those big mitts that you like for a Seahawks center, right? Which is a, a thing. Yeah, he's that got we, those 10-inch hands. You got to have 10-inch hands to play center for the Seahawks, apparently. Uh, so, so, all right. And then, so which one do you like better, Kevin? Do you like Dahlman or Green? Uh, I like Green more, and it's not really even close for me. Green's also got those 10-inch mitts. He's got 32-inch arms, a little over 32-inch. Um, his size is really good. He's a really natural fit as a zone-blocking center. And honestly, he's might be my favorite center prospect in the draft. I think we have a reasonable chance at. So I'd be thrilled to see him here. So here's the thing for me with these two guys. Okay, I like both of them quite a bit. Um, Green... Had, the thing is, is that like he needs some polishing, right? Like he's not a finished product. Drew Dahlman is injured a lot, so like, so like these guys both have a thing that is makes them. But I think Green is healthy, so you you I would pick him probably too because you kind of know you're going to get a player that steps into the rotation and is going to be available. We've seen this with Phil Haynes the last couple of years, where you draft a guy. He has talent. He show, he flashes whenever he's on the field, but if he's not on the field, availability is the best ability, right? Yep. And we've learned our, I think we've learned our lesson now. And I think Dalman might be a bit of a trap because depending on how his medicals are uh, and all that stuff. So uh, Eric, you, you, okay? you said you wanted into your offensive line, yeah, here, right? Absolutely. I like so it. Let's do it. Let's take Kendrick green. So I don't know about you, Nathan, but I'm going to be looking really hard at wide receiver here in the late rounds. Maybe picking up like a yak guy, who would be a really good fit in that Ram style offense. Something like that would be really cool if somebody dropped. Yeah. Someone we want someone here who either can play outside and push Tyler into the uh, slot when we play three wide receivers, or we want a slot guy who can uh, who can push uh, Freddie Swain for snaps. Right. So pretty pretty definitive. Another thing we want we don't want we don't want the Seahawks to trade two draft picks for a sixth or seventh round pick oh, this year. Yeah, please don't trade a seventh and next year's sixth hmm. for a seventh. Or like for like a late sixth either. It's the seventh round. Like just let it go. It's this not just... even like we've been bad at UDFAs. And last time like when's the last time that actually worked out for us? We are better at UDFAs than we are at seventh round picks. Never. Yeah. All right, where we go. We're coming up here. Pick two fifty. The, the big weight, the big weight is over. All right, so here's. I'm not even going to read the names because there's there, there's not Kevin. Did any of these jump out of you, or should we change positions? Um, I'm not in love with a lot of the guys I'm seeing. Tamarion Terry's interesting because he's just like a bag of tools. Um, Grimes the, out of Florida is kind of interesting. I watched the Tamarion Terry tape because you said like, "Hey, this guy could be a UDFA for us," and I was like. Yeah, if they spend a draft pick on him, I will be unhappy. That was my takeaway. Yeah, like the pick 250 would be like the earliest pick I really want to spend on him. I agree. Let's see if there's any running backs. Uh, Jared Jared Dokes, that's not bad. I really Uh, like Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell's pretty solid. These are solid running backs. All right. Uh, This seventh round is like Seahawks running back time too. We love taking a a late round running back to try to develop them. To try to see. Juan Graham there on the interior defensive line. Um, so 
you know, there's some there's some edge players, but they're they're three four guys, so that's not a really good scheme fit for us. Um, I'd say, Eric, could you stomach it if the Seahawks went running back this late, or would it still make you mad? I think it honestly it makes sense. Given where Chris Carson was taken, it makes just as much sense as wide receiver, or maybe even more sense. Yeah, all right, let's get Elijah Mitchell then and call it a day. So our official the draft network mock draft machine uh, draft, we take we took Asante Samuel Jr., Kendrick Green, and Elijah Mitchell. If this was the result of of uh, Friday Saturdays, because we're not picking on Thursday Friday and Saturdays draft, Kevin, what grade would you do? You think you'd get the Seahawks? Uh, you know, coming in with really limited resources, I would give this probably like a, a solid B. I feel like Elijah Mitchell has a chance to possibly contribute. I think Kendrick Green could come in and push for the starting setter job. And I think Asante Samuel would be Pete being flexible at defensive back to pick up a guy who's just a really smart player. And even though he doesn't fit the measurables, could be a really solid outside starting corner for years. And if we wanted the measurables guy, we could have picked Melifon right there. So mm-hmm. we had the option. We just decided to go the other way. Eric, I know you're you're, you're going to care more about like how does this fit together with the current roster. If we went cornerback into your offensive line, running back with with just the three picks, no trades, would you uh, would you be able to live with that? I I think so. Absolutely. I think that's great. That that may be the best draft for me. All right. So there we go. We got we got it done in the first one. I, I would say B two, Kevin. I'd B or maybe B minus because. You're right. There's no, there's not a, a lot of, um, uh, what, how do, how do I put this? There's not a lot of, you can't do that much with three picks. And yeah. This just kind of is what it is. All right, here we go. Now we're going to load up the uh, pro football focus mock draft simulator. We might, uh, we might pick up some 2022, 2023 picks here or something like that. One thing I always like doing with this draft simulator is if someone's falling really far that I really like, just trading like all the picks from next year to get that player. But uh, we won't do that. All right. <laughs> we're, pick- we're picking at 56. We have two trade offers. The Jets, who are picking at 66, are interested in trading with us. And the Vikings, whose next pick is at 78, are interesting interested in trading with us. Uh, so I think the Jets, we could go for like 66, 86, 107. We could try to get three picks out of them. Do you want to try that? I would love to try it, and maybe we can switch 107 for 146 if they won't take it. All right, they accepted it. So we moved oh. back 10 spots and picked up 86 and 107 from the Jets. They were really excited to take um, – who, who did they take? They really wanted to move up and get uh, Aaron, Aaron Robinson, cornerback out of Central Florida. All right, so we're back on the clock. We've got two teams that want to trade with us again, the Washington football team. And the Kansas City Chiefs, who do not have another pick till 144. So I'm probably not going to want to trade with them, with them unless we're picking up picks for next year. So we can give them 66 and get 74 and 82 and maybe try to pick up another late-round pick. You want to try that? I would be surprised if they gave it to us, but I would take it if they did. Why not? Looks like the football team has accepted our trade. We, we moved back from 66 to 74, uh, picking up pick number 82 and 163 in the meantime. Washington really wanted to move up to pick... Uh, Baron Browning Baron, is a Baron pass Browning. rusher. Yeah, linebacker. For so now we have two trade teams that want to trade with us. We got the Vikings, whose next pick is at seventy-eight, <laughs> and the Saints, whose next pick is at ninety-eight. At so this who point, is I'm sitting there at, for us. At this point, I'm getting antsy to pick Jim, Jimmy Davis, who I don't love. The more I watch, the less I, the less interested I am, uh, to be honest with you, uh, in him. Uh, Dami Brown, 
pretty solid wide receiver. We've got uh, let's see, let's see what cornerbacks we've got. So let's filter. Kelvin Joseph, I see sitting there. That's Kelvin a really Joe. interesting. Eric Stokes. Mm-hmm. But, um, Eric before. Stokes would be awesome. Uh, so we can move down again. I think we have two cornerbacks we like. What was the the next one we moved down for seventy four to say? I think we can do that. I would do that. Yeah. yeah. Let's try to pick up. Let's try to pick up like ninety and one thirty four. The Vikings did not accept. Let's take one thirty four out of the trade. Let's take ninety. All right. So we moved down four spots and picked up the ninetieth pick in the draft. We're just like moving down, moving down, moving down. Let's see. Four teams want to trade with us now. The ridiculous. But not not a, not a lot of picks coming up. So we'd have to move the. the Soonest we could pick again, although we have pick 82 and 86, would be 96. I'm sitting. We have uh, four third-round picks, which is literally ridiculous and never going to happen. And I want to start spending them because Kelvin Joseph went. and Kelvin oh, Joseph did not go. We can get him. Do you want to get him? Yeah, I'd like to get him. <laughs> I'd like to get Eric Stokes instead. Can Tell me on Joseph over Stokes. Let's do it. Uh, that we could rig the draft system and get both of them because we have pick oh, 82 coming up. We're getting both, but I, <laughs> I, I want I want to know why you want to pick Stokes first. All right, or Joseph so first. Uh, Joseph, I think, has a lot of upside. He started off at LSU, went to Kentucky. He doesn't have a ton of snaps of playtime, and he has tremendous ball skills. And I think that's the big thing that differentiates him and Stokes. Stokes doesn't have great ball skills, but he has good coverage skills. Um, Joseph is the kind of guy who might get some picks and flip a field for you. Don't you feel like though the Seahawks really overvalue like guys who just consistently produced in college, and that is like Eric Stokes to a T. A hundred percent, and so I could definitely see them going in that direction. That's kind of what but you asked who I wanted. What, what about <laughs> D, what about Deami Brown right here? Is it, and then just pick whichever corners left in four picks when we when we pick again. Because I I don't see a wide receiver that's even close to this for me. Uh, there's a huge drop off here in wide receiver. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Josh Palmer is like a vertical threat only kind of guy. I think Deami Brown, even though we're in a limited route tree, um, can quickly develop into a better route runner. I don't know about Palmer for that. How would you feel about that, Eric? If you went Deami Brown and then picked up a corner on the next, and we're pick? we're pretty much committing to corner at eighty-two, and we're hoping that you know Raiders don't go. Raiders have the next two picks that they don't go corner, corner, or the Dolphins don't take a corner. Uh, Which I think the Dolphins have a lot of corners. They're probably not picking. I was going to say I think yeah. it's risky with the Raiders, but if, I don't think they're going to go double corner. So, All right, so let's yeah, do let's it. Go. All right, so we picked Deami Brown. The Raiders did not pick any cornerbacks. All right, so we, so we nice. we're presented. Good we call. Present, so here's the thing: we're presented with the same option we had before, and we have pick 86 coming up. So we can get a little, uh, we can get a little spice here. We can look at other positions and do the same thing we just tried to do. I don't think. It might be a little riskier because Chicago, Philadelphia, and Tennessee are between us, and those are all kind of cornerback needy teams. Yeah, but, I want to take corner here just because our need there is bigger than it is anywhere else. So yeah, let's, let's just peek around though and see what's available. We got uh, Jameen Davis still, Jamar Johnson. Uh, these are not players I'm too excited about. We got Kendrick S- Green still there. I would be interested Brady in Brady Christensen. Brady Christensen, what? What is his um, T Rex arms? His T Rex arms playing guard for us. <laughs> Rude. Uh, Davis Mills, you get that. Cool. Here's the thing: we want to get an A plus from the PFF draft thing at the end, so, so we just gotta take pick all quarterbacks a quarterback. Now? We gotta pick a quarterback <laughs> to rig it. Uh, no, I think we go corner here, and we, we're choosing between Joseph and Stokes. It's it's really a, a A B choice here. Which guy? Which guy would be sadder if we didn't get? Um, I let's go with Stokes because you know it's one. Well, Stokes feels like hitting a double. And we really need to stabilize that corner situation. I, Kelvin I, Joseph might not be ready year one. I feel like Stokes will at least be able to come in and give adequate play. 
Another thing too is, is I feel like there's a lot of lottery ticket, lottery ticket style corners at the end of this draft for us, especially with what the traits we look for in a cornerback. And Stokes is not a lottery ticket. He just is like a guy. Um, well, we get Calvin Joseph anyway, four picks later, because they went Davis Mills. I guess we could have sniped him from the Bears. Uh, ben Cleveland, Trey Sermon. So here we go. We're coming back with another cornerback trying to hit the hit the lottery here. So now we now we've kind of we've kind of hit the needs, right? We've hit. Oh no, we hit wide receiver. We've hit. Uh, we hit Corner, cornerback. Twice. So now we really just need to hit offensive. We need to hit the lines. Hit the lines. Now we got tons of teams trying to trade with us. New England wants to trade up from 96. Should we try to pick up a few picks from them? They got a lot of picks coming up. You know, I, I wouldn't mind getting the extra draft capital, but honestly, I there's a guy I really want, and I don't want to lose him. I would be pounding the table for Kendrick Green right here. I know that um, you worry about how raw he is, but I really like him on pass rushing sets. I think he's an ideal fit for the system that we're going into. I would love to spend this pick right here and just kind of know that we picked up a guy I think is a really strong, is, competent center prospect. This is when we need video uh, because I'm looking at like the best <laughs> players available and then just making faces like like it's like, oh, Bobby, Bobby Brown. Like, uh, no, <laughs> like uh, like this is like uh, their their rankings are kind of silly here, but the ADP is more closer to what I would expect. So maybe that's OK. I understand, Kevin, but we're only moving down six picks, and I think that there's plenty of guys here we could live with, right? Like, we could pick a bunch of these guys. I don't know a bunch For of interior guys. line. Let's look at let's look at the IOL guys. Let's see if we got Kendrick Green. Okay, that's a pretty big drop off to Aaron Brinks. Uh, yep. We got Dalman though. We got Myers. Those are. Both I think it's a pretty big drop off to Dalman in my opinion. Drake Jackson. Whose hands are teeny? Oh yeah, we can't draft Jake Jackson because his hands are eight inches. I forgot about that. The Seahawks will never do it, yep. so I have to remove it from my brain, like um, like in set uh, reverse inception. Like we cannot draft <laughs> that guy. Um, I just feel like we can we can really like bend. Okay, New make the trade. Right we'll see if move, we get it to move down six picks. Like we could probably get one twenty and one twenty two. That's just like, oh, they didn't want it. What you about one twenty two and one thirty nine? No, I'm out. All I, right. I, you, oh, you, don't wow. dare, you don't dare cross me, Bill Belichick. I'm taking Kendrick Green. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's who they're trying to trade up for. We really stuck it to him. All right. We only have one trade partner here, and it's the 49ers, so no. All right. We can still get J- Jameen Davis at, at that 107. He's still the top guy on the board. Just a precipitous draft slide. As Pro Football Focus ranked him 41st overall. We're now all the way down here at 107. He's still available. Kevin, uh, I could see actually see a draft slide for him coming like this. Uh, what is it about him that makes him maybe like kind of like a divisive prospect? Uh, well, it's all projection. You're looking at a guy who has tons of physical tools, very natural, gifted athlete, um, but his college production is pretty low. Uh, you can see why he didn't start. Like when you watched his tape, you said that you liked him less and less the more and more you watched. What was it that really soured you on him as you watched him? His run fits are bad. Like, really bad. He's really bad in the run game. And that's the Patrick Queen piece. His downhill play is super questionable. He he can... Here's the thing. He can get sideline to sideline, but, like, when he has to go downhill and make a play, it's... It's it's not great. He he looks like a defensive back, almost. I mean, we could take a quarterback to get the A+, from the the draft thing. You guys want to... You already made any, that joke. <laughs> Interested in that though? Like I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I want, I want, I want to feel validation from the. <laughs> What's offensive tackle look like? 
Don't know. We got Christensen's T Rex arms, uh, Stone Forsyth, uh, Spencer Brown. I like Forsyth. I like Brown. I like Smith. I like Jalen Moore, but those guys are later, and I like them all about the same. I'd be willing to see how that shakes out as we go. We could, we could, we could trade down with San Francisco to one seventeen and try to like get their second rounder next year, third rounder next year. Do you want to try to do that? Let's try and trade, yeah, fourth this year for a third next year. Okay, so let's see. We're giving them one oh seven and round three. This is like if they accept this, they're full Seahawks. Would you do it for a fourth? One seven. Well, no, I was thinking just their third and not one seventeen. Oh, you went. Oh, you just let the board break itself up. Jason Veritek with the Mariners. Hmm. I don't know if I like that. Let's go all the way up to round. Let's just a second rounder. So we just took the set 49ers second rounder in 2022 for pick 107, the second pick in the fourth round, which I'm totally good with. All right. So now we're, uh, we're not back on the board for a little while here. 129. Here we go. Still pick Davis, Kevin. (laughs) At this point, I might just because he's available. Uh, tackles. Uh, Deontay Smith's here. Um, I like Stone Forsyth here. I think the thing with Stone Forsyth, his footwork is amazing. To use a term that Eric is going to giggle at, he's a real dancing bear. He's <laughs> a huge guy. He's 6'8", pushing 6'9", um, over 300 pounds, but he really does move like a basketball player. The problem is he's kind of high cut like a basketball player, and so he has some natural very, leverage losses. He's very tall, yeah, six foot eight. All right, let's pick Forsyth. Let's just go for it. I we need to pick up a tackle to like develop behind Dwayne Brown, and I think that that, he, that he's a good candidate for that. Yeah, I um, think he's a guy who'll be always be a better pass blocker than run blocker, but you don't mind that out of a left tackle. And okay, now it's one sixty three. Still pick Davis. We're just we taking Jameen Davis. Wait, look at how many people want to trade up with us, though. Like, should we try to like see if we Indianapolis will give us like a third rounder next year to, to come to come in here? Um, or a fourth. We'll pick up a fourth for swapping fifths. That'd be dumb if they uh, did. How about a, how about a second for one sixty three? Just sure. to see if that's crazy. Crazy. Time. All right, the tight the Titans took it, so we're out of here. Oh boy, we're, we're not picking again. Bill Bryan wasn't, wasn't in the NFL anymore. Who did they take? Who was so important to them that they really it was this pick? Right, Victor. Dim- I don't know. All right, it's Duke. <laughs> they took the uh, Duke what a, defensive. What a yeah, defensive lineman. All right. Now we take a oh we could take Dalman here at one two fifty I'm into that. Put, uh, let's see if there's any running backs though. Running backs, which this will get us an F from the fo- Pro Football Focus thing, but I don't like any of these running backs. Do you, Kevin? No, not particularly. It's a lot of guys that are like more pass catcher, but not any pass catchers I think are especially great. Dalman Dalman kind of checks a lot of boxes here in terms of fit plus like measurables. Uh, just I think it's kind of the obvious pick here. We can call it all oh, Pinnock's there though. Jason yeah, Pinnock's Pinnock's really interesting. Derek Forrest as a special we took, teams we guy already, in safety depth. We already took two cornerbacks though. We cannot go three cornerbacks. What That's about uh what about three. Derek Forrest from uh Cincinnati? Yeah, I I would just rather have a center than a safety. Like in, in a vacuum. Okay, we can we can UDFA some DBs and we'll take a center here. Because yeah. uh if the if it manages to pan out Push. twice, then you know. We push have two good interior guys. Push comes to shove. We can always, um, we can always go back and uh, sign, re-sign Leno. I, I think that that option will be there no matter what. All yeah. right. So, uh, Pro Football Focus loved our offensive line picks, Green and Forsyth. They did not like our cornerback picks, but I don't really care. They loved our trades, getting uh, two round two picks next year. And overall, they gave us an A minus. I think if we would have took a cornerback, we could have got that straight A, dude. So let's recap. 
Uh, we made some trades, but we ended up leaving this draft with Deami Brown, wide receiver from North Carolina, Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia, and Kelvin Joseph, cornerback from Kentucky, Kendrick Green, the guard from Illinois, Stone Forsythe, the tackle from Florida, and Drew Dahlman, a center from San Stanford. We also got San Francisco's second round pick next year and Tennessee's second round pick next year. We're loaded up for next year. I love it because I don't know if you guys heard, but this year, uh, like a pretty large number less players entered the draft than normal. Uh, I think something, some, some significant note, fewer number of total players enter the draft, which means next year's draft is going to be stone loaded in the middle rounds. It's not going to affect the front of the draft, like round one, round two, probably. That will be pretty equal. But once you hit in round three, like next year, I think the draft's going to be super loaded because so many guys coming back for one more year uh, to try to raise their draft stock in those middle yeah, rounds. We do have to watch for uh, Nathan's biggest concern, which is really old guys. Yes, like, 24. There's going to be a lot of like 24-year-olds trying to come out. Oh man, dude, the other day, so the other day I was like trying to, I was watching some, some tape of the wide receivers at the top of the draft. So I was watching, um, Jamar Chase and I'm watching, uh, Terrace Marshall and I'm watching Devonta, Devonta Smith and I'm watching Smith and I'm like, I don't know, man, this guy just gets open. I know he's like really skinny. I know he looks like a skeleton, but I don't really care. Like he's just always open. So I, I'm not worried about it. And then I was like, okay, so I got to separate him and Chase. And I, like when I watched Smith, I like him a little better. And then I looked at the ages and I was like, well, Chase is two years younger, so he's better. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, it, but it is. For people that don't know, the reason why that matters a lot in the draft, and this is one of the reasons why Panay Sewell is considered as high of a prospect as he is, is because if you're 19 or 20 and you are like, think about yourself at 19 or 20 and think about yourself at like 22 or 23 and imagine those two people had to physically and mentally outduel each other. Yeah, like like twenty two year old you has a big advantage on nineteen year old you. That's just a fact. And so, if a guy is coming out there and competing at a high level at a younger age, you know, there's a lot of numbers about like uh, your explosive season as a wide receiver. But this really across all position groups. All right, you ready for some? This so this is a, uh, the final segment before we get to movie club. A movie club, I think people were probably are probably anticipating. Um, so let's go with this first. Uh, how many picks did the Se- make a prediction? How many picks did the Seahawks make uh, in this draft, Kevin? Five, five. Eric, uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go six because I was gonna say five, but I don't want to agree. Just it's better to disagree. <laughs> we'll go six. I was gonna say six, and I'll stick with it. So I'm with you, Eric. Me and you are teaming up uh, this Take week. Back, All right. Kevin. Um, Congrats! The, you just guaranteed they're going to trade a six next year for a seven. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, okay, Look so what you did? So finally, um, or another question: uh, What what position uh, did the do we? So there's positions we expect the Seahawks to draft in this draft, right? Cornerback, interior offensive line, interior defensive line, wide receiver. So those are the kind of the four expected positions, right? Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Uh, what what position of those four are the Seahawks going to not take a player? Which one? Which one will they skip between wide receiver, cornerback, interior offensive line, and interior defensive line? Eric, what do you think? Cornerback. Oh man, that would. I think no, people. Would, is... I think people would melt down if that happened. Oh, I, I okay. It. I I have to explain myself. <laughs> I I'm like the... how I like how uh, this is like the moment from Goodwill Hunting where you choose the wrench during. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! During the draft, 
And as a longtime Seahawks draft watcher, I remember being very excited for the 2004 draft where we drafted Marcus Trufant. I was very angry angry we drafted Marcus Trufant because we didn't need a cornerback at that time. Turned out to be a great pick. I don't know if we've taken a cornerback since. That's a joke. But uh, the bottom line is every year the Seahawks do something maddening, something that is just... Why did you do that? Why did you make that decision? Why did you trade a six-rounder for a seventh-rounder? Why did you do this? And this is that time. They're going to say, yeah, that's a clear need, but we didn't have our our guy wasn't available. You know, okay. uh, Kristen Michael was our number one guy on the board and just wasn't available. Oh, boy. Christian Michael. All right. Uh, Kevin, what is your uh, what's your what's which position do you think is the most likely the Seahawks forgo? They don't Wide receiver. Wide receiver, okay. I think they're gonna think that uh, you know, getting Everett and they've got some guys that they like, so they're gonna think that they're pretty set at pass catcher, and they're not gonna draft someone. I'm thinking it's gonna be interior offensive line, uh, and I I hate it because I really do think we need to to push Postich at center, but I think they're they're gonna just feel like they're good enough, and they they the best player on their board is never gonna be an interior offensive lineman. Uh, they're not going to get in the situation we did right there, where I think pretty clearly we wanted to take an, an IOL. Uh, okay. Um, fi- finally, uh, let's. this is the last one. Is there any chance the Seahawks take a quarterback in the 2021 uh, draft, Eric? You know, we we just made the big decision to re-sign Geno Smith, so I just I just don't see it happening. They have not. The, the Seahawks have only drafted one quarterback since since uh, Russell Wilson. Can you name that quarterback, Eric? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Magoo! Magoo. The there Magoo. it is. There it is. I, I was one yes. second behind. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh so, man, I was. I had it primed. If you're going to ask me, <laughs> Kevin, what uh, what 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 uh, did the Seahawks have any way they take a quarterback? Yeah, because you guys said six picks are going to trade a sixth from next year's draft in the seventh <laughs> round to get like Sam Ellinger or Ian Book. Felipe, oh, Fra- Felipe no. Franks. No, Felipe, I don't know about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bridge too far, Nathan. <laughs> the, the thing for me about the whole thing, the, the that was a terrible sentence. <laughs> but but uh, Nouns are hard, man. There is a quarterbacks in this draft that could fall pretty far that I think are really interesting. Kellen Mond is a good example of this where I see some people mock him in like the third round. And I think he's better than that. Not a lot better, you know, like I, I do think he's a pretty clear second round guy for me, but uh, same for uh, Kyle Trask. I see him getting mocked in like the fifth. He's like a third or fourth round guy. I, I don't see any way that guy is not a, serviceable starter slash career backup, you know, like the kind of, uh, he's Chad Pennington style where you don't ever want to start Kyle Trask, but if you have to, he's not going to just go out there and like roll over and die. And AJ McCarron. He's not, he's not Dan Orlovsky, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, got him. But, but like, seriously, the, the, there's some quarterbacks who I do feel like are, are interesting that are getting mocked pretty low. Now here's the thing. Quarterbacks are valuable. We know this. I do suspect that those guys will be all be off the board by the end of round two and that it won't even be an option. But if we're in the middle of round three and the Seahawks have traded back a couple times and they've picked up some extra picks and Kellen Mond is just sitting there, 
I mean, you can turn that third round pick into a first round pick next year by taking that guy, letting him rip it up in the preseason and then being like, hey, look what we got. We got Kellen Mond. Don't you want to give him a try? He's the new Jimmy G or whatever, right? So I'm a, I'm interested. I'm interested. That's all I'll say. I'm interested in in that. I don't think it would be the worst thing to do because other teams have shown that if you have a quarterback in the thirties and you take in his thirties and you take a quarterback to develop behind them and they show anything in the preseason teams will be knocking down your door to give that guy a shot because there there's a shortage of good quarterbacks, uh, truly great quarterbacks, I guess is what I, what I mean by that. So, all right, that's my, that's my uh, soapbox. I basically set up the question so I could do that rant. Did you guys enjoy that? We enjoyed your TED talk. (laughs) I'm so I apologize to everyone in in advance. Okay, uh, if you have a draft prediction, if you have a draft idea, if you have a guy that you just want to talk to us about, get in the Discord, uh, join us. Go to pit head to uh, only12s.com. Click anywhere on the screen, and you'll see our Patreon for as little as dollar twenty four a month. You can get in the Discord and start chopping it up with the with all of us. Uh, the pa- we don't they call our Patreons, you know. We've got Lucas, Brett, Cooper, Greta, James, Carrie, Ryan, Tom, Mike, Brandon, Nick, Sam, Emmanuel, Bob, Evie, Flocktimus, Foles, Jay, Kieran, Michelle, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, and everyone else. There's so many. I can't I can't do all the dollar twenty-four ones and three dollar ones. It's just like there's there's like a thousand. No, there's not a thousand. There's like Forty, but still, but there could be a thousand. So keep trying, everyone. Yeah, it's the same. If, if there is, if there ever is a thousand, thank you because I'll I'll get to quit my job. But 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 uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, thanks for supporting the show. You guys make it uh, really fun for us to come back every week, and it's it's very encouraging to uh to, to see the support. And like I said, jump in the Discord. Tell us what you love. Uh, what draft guy? You know, tell us your draft crush. Uh, is there a guy that you developed a draft crush on in this process, Kevin? A guy that you just like you would you would be sad if you're you're going to be sad when he gets drafted by like Los Angeles or something? I'm going to be really sad if like Benjamin St. Juice. There's a lot of these corners I really like, and there's there's certain teams where I'm like I don't want you to go there, or like mm-hmm. if the Rams are the ones that got Kendrick Green, that would mm-hmm. make me really sad because he'd be really good for them. Um, that's the the basically the more draft people you look into, the more crushes you end up with. That's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, I don't want Javante Williams to play in for the Cardinals. That would oh, like man, that would make me so mad. That would like crush me. And it, it's a very realistic possibility that like the Cardinals sitting there at like the middle of round two are just like, all right, well, we, we're not going into the season with James Conner and and uh, that who's their who's their uh, run, other running back, Eric? The, uh, the uh, Dupree. No. no, what's his name? <laughs> Your lord. It's, it's a, I, I hate, I hate that my brain is not working super good today because it's, usually I'm also, so I'm not, like I this. can't tell you anyone outside of Ben Roethlisberger who plays for Pittsburgh until the fall. No, no, this is Arizona. We're talking about Chase Edmonds. I, I just remember you had him I on your you fantasy team last year. I thought no, you said no. Pittsburgh. They have James Conner now, Arizona. You didn't know this. That's why I you did not know. That's why. Oh, okay. Well, re- <laughs> hey, hey, hey reacting in real Chase time, Edmonds. Eric. Chase Edmonds. React in real time, Eric. Now that you know, you got confused because you thought James Conner was still in Pittsburgh. James yeah. Conner is on Arizona. How does that make you feel? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Kevin and say this guy isn't uh, isn't a great running back, <laughs> and I don't want him because that's that's what I want to I want to lean towards because you know I he's want... completely he's completely washed. It's too bad because it's I was gonna a great say if, story. if you're me, then your answer is how does it make you feel? Bored. Bored. I mean, James Conner was really good when he was running behind the the good 
Steelers offensive line. The Steelers offensive line got bad and you got to see like James Conner is basically as good as the offensive line you put in front of him, which is a good player to have around for a million dollars. I'm not going to lie, like actually a good piece of business there by the Arizona Cardinals, but he he doesn't scare me at all. And our defense is good, especially against the run. So, yeah, whatever. Don't care. It's what I guess I guess don't care is what is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, movie club today. We all watched uh, a movie that that uh, I think a lot of people have nostalgia for. A lot of people have a soft spot in their heart uh, for for the original and now the remake. Uh, we watched Mortal Kombat. I knew it was coming. All right, Eric. Yeah, you said you said before the podcast in the pre-show that you had a question for us about Mortal Kombat. I want to lead with. You want to lead? I want kind of. We got to go over the plot because the question is. There was a plot. Man, what movie were you guys watching? <laughs> All right, let me just go over the the, the skeleton <laughs> movie. At this point, spoil, spoilers will happen. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, you can watch it on HBO Max or see it in a theater near you. Uh, so there, it's out there. But can, also, like, there's not really spoilers to this movie. Yeah, so you can, you can you listen to this. Really, really need really to matter. know. It's not going to ruin anything. Like Maybe. people die. There's fight scenes. There's minimal justification for them existing. You already knew that. Okay, also, so, if you go to see it in the theater, please let us know what family member is in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Okay, Boo. so so Mortal Kombat. Let me start with this. Uh, so you the movie opens. Well. The movie opens with a ten-minute uh, scene that I think is like it really sets up this like revenge movie. So you got um, Sub Zero comes and he assassinates Scorpion's family, and Scorpion does a bunch of cool stuff. And they, there's some fighting, and then he, and then Scorpion kills, or no, sorry, Sub Zero kills Scorpion, and Scorpion burns up and goes to hell. And I'm like, okay, sweet, this is going to be like a Scorpion revenge movie. And then it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't don't give the uh, the, the first scene the is good on a T best possible movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very slow burning revenge where there's not a lot of revenge happening. So then the movie like shifts to. Um, nonsense, basically. Like the the movie is kind of it's it's nonsense. Main so character's the, a slightly washed up fighter, um, and then like magical stuff starts happening. Yeah, the and end. then they, there's just a, the whole plot of the movie from that point forward is kind of just goofy. Like they all have these dumb tattoos, and there's a tournament, but they're trying to kill them before the tournament starts. But it's breaking the rules, and it's it's all just like stupid. Everything's stupid. Basically, the whole rest of the movie is justification for the main character, uh, Lewis Tan's character, his name's Cole Young, uh, to uh, to have a training montage. It's an extended training montage uh, with interspersed with some like CGI fight scenes. Yeah, guys' arms get ripped off. You know, just normal stuff. I mean, it, it's it, it. Yeah, it's not Rocky running up the mountain in Russia, but it's the same my basic idea, right? Like uh, Kano just, is the comic relief the character thing. that happened. Yeah, we, we don't have Polly in the we don't have Polly in the robot. Instead, we have this we have Kano. We have Kano. Uh, uh, so, yeah. All right. I now, should have known you could make a Polly in the robot reference. I now, I, you. now I've gone. Now I've gone over the movie, Eric. What's your What's your question? So, all the whole point of training for this tournament is so that the the competitors can unlock their Arcana, which is like their superhero power. Uh, the the cool thing they did in the video game, if we want to be real about it. Yes. So Liu Kang uh, unlocks, you know, flame powers, and he can create his his flame dragon fatality, and he can do a bicycle kick and make the funny noise. Uh, Kano can shoot out of his eyes. 
My question is a very serious question for the podcast. So did Jax need tiny robot arms in order to then unlock his arcana? <laughs> do, you or... think that, do you think that his arcana would have just been like buff regular arms? Well, he already had buff regular arms. He already had buff regular arms. No, arms. no but like think, that guy? Was think, about how bu- think about how buff yeah, they would have been. He would have been like that meme of the guy who he's getting arrested and, and you know, never skipped arm day. Oh, man. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I It's... It's they're making four of these guys. Don't forget. It's yeah. Uh, yeah well, this movie with this. Okay, the entire runtime. This is a, a 110 minute commercial for the rest of the movies. It's not an actual <laughs> movie. There's no. There's no. There's nothing of, of real substance here. And I. I don't know. I found myself getting irritated by it because it, it's just like I. Okay, so when I was a kid, I liked fighting games. I liked video games quite a bit, and I always felt like Mortal Kombat was like that kid who's trying too hard to be edgy, and this movie was just that it it had that, but it was also trying to be like this, like deeper gritty story at the same time. And I was like, this is stupid. Just be, be super corny and I'll be fine with it. You know what I mean? I'll, I'm I'm okay with it. It's okay to be really stupid, but instead they're like, you know, he's got to save his family and Goro's attacking his family. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is the dumbest, stupidest thing. And it's, I don't know. It, it it's okay. It's not bad. I like, feel like you took the, the costumes, serious parts far too seriously, and that's why you didn't like it. Costume. I just ignored those because they weren't that good, and the rest was cheesy and fun. It was presented as serious. It was yeah, not. Yeah, I, presen- I didn't, I didn't it, care. But I mean, like the director wanted you to take it seriously, which is why sure. it irritated me. Like the fact that you didn't take it seriously, that's fine, good job. But like the director was is probably unhappy with that. Simon McQuad is like, no, that's serious. He really needed to protect his family from four armed monster. <laughs> Like good job by him. Goro, by the way, Goro's pretty cool. But it just—I don't know. It's just the whole movie is 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 goofy and but like but trying to be serious. And I don't like that. Bugs me. That bugs me when movies don't pick a lane um, to be in. And maybe people won't agree with me on that, but I really do feel like they uh, they they tried. Uh, another thing too is the costumes are great, but I felt like the fight scenes were. It looked weird. The CGI, I don't know if the CGI budget wasn't uh, as high as I would have liked or something, but it felt like, um, it felt like, like cut rate, especially after lately I've been watching like those Marvel shows. And even though I'm not like crazy about Marvel, like the CGI in those shows is incredible. It looks so good. And I often make fun of that. It's all CGI fights. Well, if you're going to have a big CGI fight, I mean, at least the CGI should be awesome. And yes. Not look like, not look like Goro. Goro shouldn't look like he's made out of plastic. You know, it's, I don't know. That stuff kind of bugs me a little bit. So, all right. I've I've talked too much. Eric, you're up. Uh, I wanted a Scorpion versus Sub-Zero movie, and they gave us uh, those two players out of costume, and then in basically giving them cloaked versions of their costumes at the end. Like, it just, total missed opportunity. This had a real chance to be the second best video game movie after Sonic, and it just... It went from medium to bad for me. It just, come on, I was excited for this movie because of some stupid reason. And, uh, <laughs> and let's face I was it. Ex- I was excited for this movie for some stupid reason. Yeah, I don't know. The commercials looked really good. and well, There's what, not really a non-stupid reason to be excited. So what like, did it, that's what did it do, guys? It tabled hard to kill for yet another week. So disappointing. I'm so mad at it. <laughs> uh, okay. Um Tim, what about you? What'd you what what's your what's your thoughts on it? I don't know. I thought it was gonna be like a one and it ended up being fine. 
So I, I, I feel like the only thing that felt out of place was the entire Scorpion Revenge angle felt like this other kind of serious, neat movie that I wanted to watch. But it kept interrupting my Saturday morning cartoon, stupid movie that I was trying to watch. And so I would have kind of liked it if those were just two different movies, but it wasn't enough to ruin it for me. I thought it was fine. I, I thought I thought the movie was going to suck. I watched it. It was fine. The fight scenes were interesting enough. Um, I thought that the use of powers was pretty cool, but I wish the actual fight choreography was a little better because I felt like the people they picked could have done a better job. But it, it was all right. It's it, it made me interested enough to want to watch the next movie. So, you know, good yeah. job by them. That's I, what they wanted. I will watch the next movie because I have hope because Johnny Cage is a really cheesy character. And if they just lean yeah, into is. that, they just lean into that side of the of the movie and like stop taking take stop trying to present everything as so serious, then I would think I'll like it. I think I'll oh, or I'll like it more. I won't know if I'll like it, but I'll like I it. I do more. feel like they captured the characters well so far. Like uh Raiden is a dick. Like that's that's exactly what that should be. You know, uh like like the personalities of the characters are what I do you, expect do them you, to be. Do you think that the writers of the of the movie they have, were having a contest with themselves to see how many times they could make a very direct like obtuse reference to the video games. No, I thought they had a quota that they had to meet. <laughs> it was the quota was very. I hard. thought I thought there was a punch list, and they're like, need to make this reference. Gotta make this one too. And so, uh, yeah, I was I was uh, laughing maniacally yes. when it would happen, and I would try and like predict it's... it, and then laugh at my son when he was like, "How did you know it was gonna happen?" And I'm like, "Cause I've watched movies, and that was the dumbest place you could put it." There, there was like <laughs> they seriously it felt it's it delightful. Felt, it felt like, um, yeah, it just, they were, every time someone was on screen, you're like, all right, when are they going to say their catchphrase? It took yeah. saying the name of the movie in the movie to, <laughs> yes. the, to the next level. Oh, and yeah, dude. This is a great like, Mortal Kombat fanfic that decided to turn into a just, script. Just for me personally, stuff like that, like, I think it's well known now. I've said it enough times. I hate, like, the Wilhelm screen <laughs> because stuff like that takes me out of the movie, right? And I want to be immersed in the movie i don't want to i don't want things to remind me that i'm like i'm watching a movie right like that's that stuff annoys me and so like every time someone said like a, a like a line from a video game delivered in a corny way in, <laughs> in a way that like doesn't make total sense just because they felt like they had to ham fist it in there some of them were good uh, i'm not, I'm not <laughs> like gonna lie Kano wins. Kano wins. Uh, Kano wins like some of them were okay but like some of them were bad. Some of them were very bad. And it was uh, like when the guy said flawless victory. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, bro. I, was, <laughs> I seriously was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that just happened. It was that was great. It that was, was so the dumb. worst one, I think. I think that was easily the worst one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And it wasn't he like covered and completely covered in blood after slicing someone in half when he yes. said it, too. Well, I mean, that's when you say it, Nathan. Holy smokes. All well, right. You mean, you mean when uh, Kato pulled out the still beating heart? That wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was, that... it was dumb. It was all dumb. It was great. I don't mind. Eh, okay. Where does this fit in the in the pantheon of uh, video game movies? So we're, we're going to say the top two are like Ooh. Sonic and De Sonic and Detective Pikachu, right? And then we've got that Silent Hill movie. Uh, I really and uh, maybe like Tomb Raider, the new one. We it's were going to make this fast. Resident, but... Resident Evil. Yeah, uh, is, it, is is it better than where does it fit in with? Those I think movies? we have to ask. The it's first, somewhere among the Resident Evil movies. Where is this compared to the other Mortal Kombat movie? That's the first question. All right, so um, how it's it... worse than the first one and way better than the second. Okay, I actually think it's very similar to the first one, but I, I in rewatched the first one in preparation for this, and I had memory that like I did not like the first one, 
and that's I was so like, dumb. I was actually like, okay, this movie knows this. That movie knows what it's doing. What it yes, is. that movie is like is. that movie's like, hey, you know what's stupid? This, and then like, it ins- <laughs> and then it, and yeah. then it just like presents it as the dumb, and it it's really repetitive. Is the problem like mm-hmm. why is how why is a one hundred minute movie feel like it's hitting the same beats over and over? And the first movie had. I said the effects in this movie, the new one, were just okay. The ones in the old movie are laughably bad. Like, oh man, you didn't like those Sega Saturn graphics? <laughs> they are horrifically bad. Um, but I don't know. There's something about the first one. Just the way it opens with the blaring techno is—it's <laughs> so aggressive. So funny. It's so aggressively like stupid that yes. I, I found it. I would probably give them the same rating. They're very similar. I will mm-hmm. say this, how much you like Mortal Kombat will probably determine how much you like this movie. So don't get talked out of it. If you love Mortal Kombat and you're like, I've been waiting for this movie, watch this movie. You'll love it because they made it for the the fans and like it's cheesy, but the costumes are great. I'm going to give them credit for that. The costumes in this movie were so good that everyone looked really good in those. Those costumes were sick. Like I was super pleased with those. So all right. Final thoughts, anyone? Anyone got one more thing they want to say about uh, Mortal Kombat 2021 versus, brain cells on versus Mortal Kombat 1995? <laughs> Eric, you got it. No, which I, one did I'm, you like better? Uh, I, I think it's a slight edge to this one, maybe. Flip a coin. All right. Yeah. All right. For Eric, for Kevin, we'll see you all next week. Go Hawks.